Welcome to the Times of Israel's Daily Briefing. Today is Monday, January 22nd, day 108 to the war with Hamas. Amanda Borshel Dan here with our military correspondent Emmanuel Fabian for an in-depth snapshot of the war right now. Hi, Manny. Hi, Amanda. Manny is just back from another reporting trip inside the Gaza Strip. We'll also hear about a tunnel in which the IDF says some 20 hostages were kept in inhumane conditions. All this and much, much more when we're back. With what seems like an endless amount of information at our fingertips, we tend to forget that wondering about things is really part of the journey to finding answers we're looking for. So when it comes to the hot topics of Israel, Judaism, and Zionism, there's so much to wonder about right now that it's hard to know where to turn. Enter the latest weekly podcast from Unpacked, Wondering Jews with Michal and Noam. Join hosts and educator extraordinaires Michal Biton and Noam Weissman as they tackle these topics and the uncomfortable questions that surround them with the goal of working towards the answers together with their listeners. No matter where you're from, if you've ever wondered about anything, this is the podcast for you. So check it out. Subscribe to Wandering Jews with Michal and Noam on your favorite podcast app today. Wandering Jews is brought to you by Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. First, a few headlines. Saudi Arabia's foreign minister says the kingdom will not normalize relations with Israel or contribute to Gaza's reconstruction without a credible pathway to a Palestinian state. EU foreign ministers will hold separate talks later today with their Israeli and Palestinian counterparts on the prospects for lasting peace after Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rejected calls for a future Palestinian state. Last night, the Israel... Defense Forces announced the death of another soldier, Staff Sergeant Shai Levinson, who was killed and abducted by Hamas on October 7th. Manny, what do we know about Shai? Until recently, um, the army had presumed that Shai Levinson was uh, abducted on October 7th, but had not confirmed he was killed. We know that he was uh, engaged in a battle with Hamas terrorists when they infiltrated on October 7th. He was in uh, um, the 7th Armored Brigade's 77th Battalion. I believe he was a tank commander. And Hamas uh, attacked the tank that he was in at the time. uh, And it was unknown as to uh, what his fate was. We know that he was taken to Gaza. Uh, Recently, the army has um, obtained new findings, uh, new intelligence information, which based on that, it was able to uh, declare his death. Uh, The military rabbinate uh, declared his death according to uh, Jewish law. Uh, But his body still remains in Gaza. The family of Levinson can uh, sit shiver the week-long mourning period, according to Jewish law, but uh, there won't be any um, funeral until his body is recovered from Gaza. Manny, you were in the Gaza Strip yesterday, and the details of what you saw are under embargo until 8 p.m. Israel time. But can you share with us some impressions of what's going on on the ground right now? Uh, On the ground right now, uh, we're still seeing that uh, in southern Gaza, there is very intensive uh, fighting against uh, Hamas. Defense Minister Gallant said that uh, the army would be expanding to new areas in in, in uh, the Khan Yunus area. 
in the center. We're still seeing operations against Hamas. There is still fighting there as well. Uh, and in northern Gaza, the situation is a little bit different, uh, where the army is uh, conducting clear-up operations to locate uh, all of the remaining uh, Hamas rocket launches and tunnels that could pose a threat to uh, Israel. The Hamas um, fighting force in northern Gaza is mostly defeated, but there are still hundreds uh, or more uh, rocket launches that are all hidden in northern Gaza. They are Some of them are covered, some of them are embedded in the ground. It's very difficult to locate them. And that is what the army is currently uh, carrying out in that area. It is a process that will take a very long time, many months, perhaps even longer than that, before all of these rocket launches are destroyed. And even then, the army cannot be sure that everything has been sort of destroyed there. But that is that is essentially what the army is working on now. At the same time, there was a Wall Street Journal report yesterday stating that the achievements of dismantling Hamas are much, much lower than what we had previously thought. I think the numbers were something like 20 to 30 percent of Hamas has been dismantled. What do you know about this? I don't think that's any lower than, than what we believed. I think um, if we're talking about how many Hamas fighters have been killed, the army has estimated around 9,000. Of the uh, around thirty to 40,000 sort of operatives and gunmen that it has, so that does end up around 25 to 30%. Uh, in terms of its fighting force, uh, such as the, the battalions, the sort of the framework, as the army calls it, all 12 of the battalions in northern Gaza have been dismantled, according to the army, 12 of the 24, so that's already half of the fighting force. So it depends on how you look at it, but if we're just talking about how many fighters Hamas has, uh, then yes, it's around twenty-five to thirty percent, and I don't, I don't think this is, um, this is a sort of a bad thing. Um, it was framed in the report that Israel was behind schedule and it was taking time, but at least according to officers I've spoken to, this is on schedule. It's just going to take a very long time. Hamas spent sixteen or more years embedding itself in Gaza, building up its capabilities, all of its tunnel networks. We're talking about hundreds of kilometers of tunnels and thousands of rockets uh, and rocket launches. It's not something that Israel can do in just a few months. Um, the army, of course, has estimated that the fighting will take all year, perhaps longer. Um, so it's something we need to take into account. Um, it may be that only a small percentage of Hamas's fighting force has been killed, but um, I don't think it's um, behind schedule right now. We'll go to a short break. The surge in anti-Semitism since the October 7th attacks has changed the Jewish community's relationship with a slew of social and political issues. In the newest episode of The Glue, Jewish Federations of North America President and CEO Eric Fingerhut talks to Congressman Richie Torres, who has proved to be a pro-Israel bridge builder about everything from DEI to social media. Their conversation is fascinating. Listen to it and subscribe to The Glue with Eric Fingerhut wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. In an eye-opening find, IDF troops operating in the southern Gaza Strip recently uncovered a tunnel where Israeli hostages had apparently been held by Hamas in, quote, 
inhumane conditions. What can you tell us about this tunnel and the conditions there? Uh, this tunnel was um, found using uh, intelligence that had been uh, given to the army by hostages who had been uh, previously held in this tunnel. So some of these hostages were those who were released uh, back to Israel in November. And the entrance to the tunnel was found, or at least one of the entrances was found um, beneath the home of a uh, Hamas commander in, in Khan Yunus. Um, the army said that um, uh, as the f- troops first entered the tunnel, they encountered several Hamas uh, operatives. They engaged in a battle with them and killed them. And further down uh, in this tunnel, there was uh, explosives rigs to it um, to sort of prevent Israeli forces from advancing. There were blast doors as well uh, that were locked that the army had to um, breach. And then about a kilometer uh, deep into this tunnel, um, which is one of the longer tunnels that we've seen so far, um, the soldiers found this, uh, what they called the central chamber, where according to the, the testimonies who returned from Gaza and uh, from other evidence that they found there, that, um, that hostages were indeed held in this area. Uh, among the items that they found were uh, drawings um, made by um, five-year-old Emilia Aloni, who was freed in November. Uh, and there were other evidence of um, hostages that were previously held and hostages that um, have not yet been released uh, as well. Um, the army showed uh, quite extensive footage of this tunnel network, uh, including 3D illustrations and a very long video um, sort of touring um, the tunnel. Some international uh, media outlets were also given a chance to see it. But uh, from what we from what we've seen, there were at least five uh, holding cells. We're talking about these very uh, very narrow rooms uh, with a mattress and a toilet in it, uh, and they were closed off with um, sort of a gate or a, a, a bars to prevent anyone from from leaving. So there were five of these. So they're able to hold. Um, hostages in them, sort of like a, a jail, but 20 meters underground and um, very difficult conditions because um, there's no daylight, um, very little oxygen, um, the, uh, very uh, bad humidity as well, which makes it very difficult to breathe. Uh, and hostages were held in there for um, weeks, possibly, uh, before they were moved to another area. Um, so we know that some of the hostages were released there, but some are still indeed in Gaza, moved to other areas of Gaza. The IDF spokesperson, Daniel Hagari, said that they may have even been moved to a, an area with even worse uh, conditions, which uh, is very worrying. On Saturday, the Air Force, the Israeli Air Force, dropped leaflets on the southern area of Rafah, urging Palestinians seeking refuge there to help locate these hostages. So the question is, obviously, these leaflets had pictures of the hostages, etc. But do we know whether this kind of leaflet campaign ever actually leads to intelligence? It's very hard to say whether or not uh, this effort and other previous efforts where Israel has asked Palestinians in Gaza to um, uh, to provide information on the hostages. We know that uh, the army has said this, that, that there is no um, full picture on the hostages. Israel does not know all the information as to where they are all located uh, and as well as their conditions as well. We know that some of the hostages are no longer alive. We know that at least 27 are no longer alive. There is a lot of missing information regarding the others. The army has been very careful not to give too much information on 
um, the status of the hostages and what it knows. There may be Palestinians in Gaza who have provided information to the army on the locations or conditions of the hostages, but it is something that the army will probably keep to themselves without um, detailing this to the public, probably detailing it to the families if they can, but not to the public yet. And it is a very complicated uh, situation um, where the army does still 108 days into the war still does not know all the information regarding the remaining 136 hostages in Gaza. Let's turn to the north, which is anything but quiet. And there's been a lot of action over the past several days. But just this morning or last night, the IDF said that three missiles were fired from South Lebanon and they landed in open, uninhabited areas near the Moshav of Shomera, which is a community of a few hundreds near the Galilee region in northern Israel. What else are we seeing from the north right now? I think the most notable incident uh, in the north was uh, yesterday. Um, there was a uh, an apparent Israeli drone strike on a vehicle in southern Lebanon. Uh, the army has not uh, commented on it. Um, but in the strike, um, one Hezbollah um, operative was killed. Um, and according to a security source uh, that spoke to the AFP news agency, um said that um, a senior commander was actually uh, in, in this vehicle and that the operative who was killed was protecting him. Uh, and this senior uh, Hezbollah commander actually uh, managed to escape and he was not uh, not killed in the strike. Um, the army has not yet commented, but it is uh, an interesting incident that maybe Israel did try to target a, uh, a high-level uh, Hezbollah commander. We have seen other strikes against high-level Hezbollah commanders in recent weeks. Um, so it may be that uh, this was another uh, attempted hit, although apparently uh, unsuccessful uh, in this case. The army did say it carried out strikes yesterday against um, multiple Hezbollah targets in southern Lebanon, um, hitting observation positions, rocket launching positions, um, and other uh, sort of infrastructure belonging to, to Hezbollah. And at the same time, Hezbollah has, has indeed been carrying out um, uh, its attacks on northern Israel, anti-tank missiles, uh, rocket attacks, drone attacks. Um, in addition to the attack on Shomera very late last night, there was also a, an anti-tank missile fired at Avivim, uh, which struck a residential building, causing uh, no injuries. Um, because uh, as we've spoken about before, um, pretty much all these communities in along the northern border um, have all been evacuated uh, previously, uh, which brings us to another issue, which is um, it, these people don't know when they will be returning home. Um, the army has not given any schedule as or any um, sort of points where it can say that it's safe to return. Um, right now, there is um, basically daily skirmishes on the northern border, Hezbollah carrying out attacks on uh, the northern towns and on army positions and the IDF striking back. Um, but there is no real prospect now as to when uh, these around 80,000 uh, residents of the north can return to their homes. That is, of course, one issue. And many of them are in Haifa, a city which on Friday night saw a strange alert that sent everyone to their uh, secure rooms. What was this alert? So on Friday, um, there was a rocket siren in Haifa, but it was not due to a 
rocket being launched at Haifa was um, because of a an interceptor missile that the IDF launched at what it said was a suspicious aerial target. We don't know if that was a drone or some other uh, object that may or may not have been um, hostile. Uh, we've seen several, uh, I would say, many cases uh, like this on the northern border recently. The I- the IDF systems that it used to, de- to detect incoming projectiles and targets are at a much sensitive, uh, much more sensitive level now because of um, all of these attacks. So there are uh, and have been many false alarms and uh, targets that have been identified that have turned out to be not uh, a hostile target, including birds in some cases. Um, So we don't know exactly what yet set off the alarm in Haifa, but earlier there was a drone that uh, had uh, entered Israeli airspace from Lebanon, but via the sea. And that was intercepted over the sea, sort of uh, close to Akko, which is just north of Haifa. So it may have been another attempted drone attack, but we are uh, have not yet received the information on that. Manny, we discuss several times on the podcast when or if there will be a full-out front in the north. And do you think personally that if there were to be a, a real attack on Haifa, that that would be the straw to break the back? I think that would be one of these sort of... Um, incidents that could set off a much larger war. But we've seen so far that Hezbollah has mostly limited its attacks to the border area, to army positions, and what it claims to be army positions in Israeli towns, although it's not always the case, um, when they target civilians. And they have targeted civilians several times, but Israel has not uh, sort of responded with an all-out war against those attacks. Even the attacks on the larger cities, such as Kiryat Shmona, where they've launched barrages of rockets at the city, that still has not yet prompted Israel to to begin an all-out war. Gallant, uh, the defense minister, has warned that time is running out for uh, an agreement to push Hezbollah back, and Israel will need to react at some point. Um, But an attack on a strategic Israeli asset or a major Israeli city such as Haifa, could definitely cause uh, Israel to respond um, much more strongly than it has already. Manny, thank you for listening to all other updates. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Times of Israel's daily briefing. Please check out another installment tomorrow. This episode was produced by The Podwaves. If you have a question about this or any other episode, please drop us an email at podcast at timesofisrael.com. Until tomorrow, shalom. Shalom.